1: Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max, Harry Douglas, in for Jay Will. Today, Jay Will and is the a proud daddy for the third time this past weekend. Congratulations, Jay. We are joined right <laughs> now, gentlemen's. And we're presented by Progressive Insurance. We are joined right now on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app by Julian Love, New York Giants defensive back. Good morning, Julian. Good morning, guys. How we doing? Julian Love,
3: Notre Dame non-fighting Irish defensive back, ex-defensive back.
2: You know, it's funny because <laughs> I just looked it up. I was just wondering. So Julian Love is listed at 5'11", 195. It's basically my size, but he plays defensive back no, in the NFL. Does not he, How about, does that not about the size of the dog; no. it's
4: about the fight of the dog, and right, on Julian? Top of that match,
3: <laughs> when I look at Julian's body and I look at Choice,
2: yeah. it's, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. No. I thought it was exactly the same. Are you yeah. sure? One hundred percent. Okay. Well, I right. <laughs> free throw, Max. <laughs> 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 oh, jeans a, alone. That didn't. look. That didn't. <laughs> the jeans alone, Jay. Key saw me getting ready to shoot a free throw, which is hilarious. And and he says, says, you know, I think he's going to hit it, Jay. And then he looked at me, and goes. Nah, man, the jeans alone. <laughs> jeans alone told you what you needed to know. Uh, Julian, what was that the has big, to hurt? Yeah, it hurt. Uh, it was not good. What was the biggest key in shutting down the Packers' offense in the second half and that comeback win in London last week? And let me before you even answer that, thank you very much. I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I've been dying hard the last ten years. Boy, that that was as good as I felt in a long time. What was the key?
5: Yeah, honestly, it was everyone just at halftime having composure. Um, what was in front of us the second half? was okay. great He was uh, picking apart some of our zone looks. Um, and so we switched to you know, tighter coverage. Uh, it was working and...
2: Uh, Julian, we're having a little uh, problem with the cell phone uh, reception, or the phone reception at any rate. We're going to put you on hold for a second, Julian, and, and get that straightened out and then bring you right back on.
3: Yeah, if he maybe find a hard line for some, um, that may people work. People don't out. have him anymore.
2: Well, he though. can't
4: be in the NFL with no Metro PCS now.
3: <laughs> no, he probably no. I'm, I would think he's at the facility. What's today? Wednesday. I would yeah. think he's probably at the facility right about now, so he probably can find a hard, hard line. line. Yeah, yeah, get a hard line. You have a hard
2: line in your house? No, no, I don't either. I got well, I I, I have, need one though because my cell it, sometimes
4: don't work. But I unplugged all the phones because the phone will be ringing crazy times at night times and well, stuff. Well, I have it because of the going.
3: alarm system, but right. I don't. I yeah, don't we even don't use the number. Yeah, we don't have
4: – I don't have it plugged in. <laughs> if you in ask me
3: what's the phone number at all, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a
2: hard line at think, all.
3: I don't think the phone's ever rung, to be honest with
4: you. See, my – that's how I had to unplug them. Every last one of them. Yeah, you get you the get – I had the, it in the kitchen in the basement, Oh, so it's the worst. Both.
3: Yeah, see, we got – in a house for,
2: because for the, of the alarm. 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 Yeah. For the alarm system, yeah. You ever have an elevator in, in, in like a townhouse or something, Key, and yeah, you have to keep a phone in the elevator? I'm not an
4: answering elevator. that, man. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer, don't worry about gonna it. answer man, that. I'm out of that conversation. So, Damn, I don't have all no I can tell, my home. All I can <laughs> tell
2: you is you're, you're required to have a, a, a phone in the elevator, I and not. sometimes it rings. I agree to Sometimes it
4: rings. I plead not do <laughs> 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 so people know Actually, to the first
2: elevator ever installed in a private house was for Keyshawn Johnson in the late 90s. <laughs> he invented it i got a nice he tax said, bracket like but i ain't in now. i don't know if i'm in that bracket key all right yeah well i, I think max
3: of- is just talking about his house that he had next to elon musk
2: yeah oh i did i certainly did we shared a <laughs> we shared a, a fence oh i was living the high life in la boy it was good times <laughs> oh seriously or are you joking i'm dead serious oh no, i like you, you know, I'm he's, joking. He's I was there first serious
4: yeah
3: have you seen max's penthouse
2: no, I don't have to. Oh a plan. my God. No, stop lying.
4: The bedroom yeah. is the size of our studio. See, I shouldn't even be sleeping <laughs> my wish. three or four hours. I need I need to stay up twenty four <laughs> well, hours. I but need here, to stay but the thing <laughs> I about the thing long.
3: about the Giants, though, in all seriousness, the defense has played well uh, uh, the the last five weeks of the of the season so far. They've done a good job and they've been coached up. They got two quality coaches, an offensive coordinator and Brian Dable. And then wink on the defensive side of the ball. Julian
2: Love, New York Giants defensive back, is back with us. Julian, what's that? Keith's just bringing up the coaching staff. You guys have been written off. and God, I didn't think you were going to do anything this year. But you're playing with so much character. And and so what is it like playing for that coaching staff?
5: Yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, I was saying uh, that at halftime, everybody was very composed. Uh, I think that's something that kind of stands out to me. Uh, you know, we're down, obviously. We're not playing that well in the first half defensively. Uh, and Wink Martindale was just super composed at half and just making corrections that we need to make. Uh, and so, yeah, Aaron Rodgers picking apart his own a little bit. Uh, and so we switched to tighter coverage and just, you know, and limited his possessions in the second half. And it worked.
3: What's it like? First of all, Julian, you, you don't probably know this, and Max doesn't, and I know Harry doesn't for sure. But you are playing with my godson on the defensive side of the ball uh, in the secondary by by way, just so that you know. So when you see Darnay this morning, pop him upside the head
5: for me. <laughs> um, Oh, my gosh. How do you feel about that video circulating of him?
3: Yeah, I know. He I, I told him, you don't <laughs> pull down your pants on the sideline, man. You have two guys. Stand one in the front, one one behind you. Oh, that's with towels. exactly. Yeah, you don't yep. need to be doing that like figures. That. Oh, God. <laughs> the <laughs> apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree. <laughs> <Will you stop? laughs> Unbelievable. So what's it what's it been like playing for Brian Dable though? I mean, we talk about the coaching staff, but him in particular coming over from the Buffalo Bills. What's it been like playing for him as a head coach?
5: Yeah, it's been good so far. Uh, obviously, the, you know we've been winning, but you know, on top of that. Um, when I first met him back in the spring, you know, he could care less about, uh, you know, what you've done before. Uh, all he cared about was what you brought to the table now, uh, and if you brought juice and brought a good uh, attitude to the table. And so he's been great. Uh, he's been loose. He's been very receptive to how players have been feeling, um, which I think is important. You know, you want to run a good team, and it starts with your players. And so he's been very open and honest about you know with us and engaging with us and you know the communication has been super transparent which has been way different than i've experienced in in previous years
4: how easy is it to have a head coach that you can go to about anything you know you win a game he's in the locker room dancing culture change that's what we call it man how easy is it to play for a guy uh in that of that fashion
5: it's so easy you know sometimes you gotta you gotta reel it back because he's quick to crack a joke uh, before he is to coach you up on something uh, typically, and so you gotta you know be wary of that and understand that you know he's not just you know like one of your boys a friend uh, he's your head coach and so uh, he, he kind of navigates that line uh pretty pretty well i think he's he's demanding uh but also he's encouraging which I think is that that's the sweet spot for a good coach in any sport.
3: Julian Love, New York Giants defensive back, join us this morning, Keyshawn J Will, and of course Max. Can't forget about Max. So, Julian, now that the Giants have turned the corner a little bit, and you've had, you know, you've been here, you've you've been through somewhat of the losing culture with this team. How are you being treated now in New York City? Because I've been on a one in fifteen team with the New York Jets in New York and not very good, but then when we start winning everything the floodgates opened up and everybody loved us and we were the greatest thing ever how has that changed for the new york giants and yourself
5: oh i mean this city this city doesn't hold back uh for sure especially when you're losing as you know uh and so it's been great It's it's been good to drive you know leave your your house or whatever on monday uh, and you see a lot of people on the streets just walking wearing the giants gear uh there's something of of a pride uh, about that you you're excited to see the community getting involved and really supporting and cheering you on you know and you get invited to you know other new york sports games and you know it's a fun time when you're winning uh and yeah it's it's not the not the best when you're losing so yeah yeah. Yeah, i enjoy this feeling
2: julian love safety on the four and one new york football giants here on Keyshawn j willimax harry douglas in for jay today espn radio julian a lot of people and i'm in that group saw Dable go for the two-point conversion with Saquon, and it worked. And at that moment, it felt like... And people just assumed, boy, the team is going to respond to that. Take us behind the curtain a little bit here. Was that meaningful? Or was that overblown by the media? Or did it do something for you?
5: No, I think it was meaningful. I think... First of all, you know Dayball. Before he made a choice, he asked the players what we wanted to do. He asked the captains, you know, basically we're going to go for two. Like, do you support it? Like, what do you think? Uh, And all of us are like, yeah, go for it. Let's be aggressive. We're not playing on our heels anymore. Um, And obviously, it worked. And you know, in previous years, it's my fourth year on the team. In those situations, things seem to not be going our way uh, in recent years. Um, We can't get over like that hump or win those those one play battles uh at times and so this is the hat i think reinvigorated everybody's like all right this is different you know we have something going and we got to build off of this
4: julian your star running back saquon barkley he's been phenomenal uh, a lot of the reasons why you guys have had success is because of the way he's performing offensively especially coming off an injury um or two injuries the last two years what has he meant to this team and how great of a leader has he been for all of you guys
5: Oh, he's meant a lot. You know, Saquon's probably the most competitive guy in the locker room in anything. Whether it's ping pong, golf, does random stuff. That dude's just super competitive. Uh, and so to see him shining in the way he is, uh, it's special. And it, it's all about his work and his his process. You know, these past few years, for sh- these past few years, that's tough on anybody mentally. And so he's had the the wherewithal to to push through that and power through. Uh, and so yeah, for us to be successful, our good players have to play well. Um, that's what we—that's what we've been saying, and so that's you know our leader, our captain, uh, playing well.
3: You know, Julian Daniel Jones hasn't been the toast of the town. In fact, they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option, and many speculated that this would be his last year in the New York Giants uniform. What are your thoughts on the way Daniel has played this year for the G-Man?
5: Yeah, so you know Daniel and I were in the same draft class, and it's been fun to see him. You know, progress over the years. Like right now, he's doing such a good job of taking care of the ball, managing a game, uh, and just putting us in a position to succeed. You know, when we need a drive out of them, we need points out of them. They've been getting drives and getting points, and that's all him. I mean, he's the first one in the building. He's the last one to leave. And like, like no, that's not a, a. That's that's literally he's he's in the first he's first one to get here, last one to leave. And so the work's been there for him. He's he's a hard worker, and so as a friend as you know as a as a teammate you want to see him succeed and we're happy that he's succeeding right now
4: so Keyshawn played in the nfl for a long time i played for 10 years and we know how sometimes the locker room you know you have to let go some things and joke around and have fun and and, and be and, and be and just be guys be boys be brothers who was the funniest person on y'all's team and can you give us a little story about something they they've done funny or said
2: hmm
5: uh, I'll say two: uh, Adore Jackson, our, our corner. I, I think he, he's he's one of the funniest guys on the team, and uh, he, I mean, he gets everybody laughing. Yeah, man's, a, man's a funny dude. Uh, and then Sterling Shepherd, you know, he, through everything, he's he's our mo most tenured guy on the team. That dude brings the juice every single day, no matter what. And right now, obviously, he's he got injured, unfortunately, um, but he's still in the locker room. You know, controlling the music, getting everybody high, bringing the juice. And so he's been somebody that we've, we've needed. And, I mean, he just brings a lighthearted but also kind of a tenacity to uh, how we go about things each day.
2: Julian Love, New York Giants safety. You're on Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas in for Jay today on ESPN Radio. Before we let you go. The Giants. I don't know what it was internally, but externally, there were not a lot of expectations for this team. This year was about you know new coaching staff, new regime, figuring it out. What's Daniel Jones? What, all this kind of stuff. But now you're four and one. Same record as the Cowboys. Even though you lost that game, it was competitive till till, till the end. Um, Eagles are the only undefeated team in football. What are the expectations in that locker room now? When most people would have you. Third in the NFC East in terms of what you know, ranking the teams. What are your guys' expectations at this point for a four and one team?
5: Yeah, you know it's tough when you have uh, success early to not look ahead, uh, to not look at you know kind of what's out there. Our our first goal, our priority, priority every year, no matter where we are, is to win the division. Uh, and so this year, obviously, we have some some good teams right now. You know, the Cowboys are playing well. The Eagles are undefeated. They're playing well. Um, and so that that's our first priority, obviously we have the games ahead of us. we have a good Ravens team coming in this weekend um but our eyes are always kind of on the division, seeing how they're how they're managing and we won the first quarter of the season, which is a good thing, and now we got to maintain when the second quarter uh and then you know that's what playoff football is talked about in that third and fourth quarter of the season, those last you know eight games is when it really gets nitty gritty so it's it's a process we're just focused on this one game, but you know, it's in the back of my mind for sure.
2: I mean, pitch perfect, right, Key?
3: Yeah, a little bit. I would – I would, he, a little bit. I, I can work with him a little bit. You can work with Julian? Yeah, I can work with see, him a little Ju- bit. See,
2: Julian, uh, Key's got, I think Key should open a consulting firm in terms of how to talk to the media. I think that was pitch perfect, <laughs> what Julian just yeah, said. Yeah, it,
3: it, it was, but our first goal was to make sure that, you know, it's one game at a time. You know, obviously mm. some tough teams in this division in Philadelphia and Dallas, and, you know, we're a young football team with a young head coach, and we feel good about where we're at, but – you know we we're, we're mm. just concentrating on the ravens right now and and that's mm. really what it is and and look if you want to forecast the future, I don't know the future. And I just – I'm
2: worried about Sunday. But what he – see, Julian, what you gave us, even though the Key, mm. that's textbook, right? But what you gave us had the feel so of something of it, right? a little more spontaneous and <laughs> and honest, right? Even though that's you basically gave him the same message that Key <laughs> yeah, just gave – I don't want to be honest. I
3: want to fool you.
2: But he did He did the same – Yeah, but he I got to get him to fool you, though. But th- I'm saying he sounded no, like you he was draw saying in. something – but he said basically yeah. what you said. But it, you see what I'm saying? No, it, I do. Yeah, yeah. Do. Julian, that's
5: pretty you got to draw him in. You got to draw him in. That's the key. Yeah,
2: yeah. we yeah. about Julian him. Love. This is uh, this is a guy who knows what he's doing. Uh, he hey, said listen. he went to Notre Dame. He's fine. I like him though. Great, great to have high character guys on the team. It's a high character team so far this season. You could see that continued success. And you better keep winning. That's all I have yeah. to tell you. Or I'll turn Continuous on you in one success. second. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Julian. All right, hey, Jay. Hey, thank you guys. Appreciate it. That's Julian Love of my beloved New York football giants. I'm I not kidding. To I'll, I'll you, turn on that whole team I, in one, I se- to ask on, you on, in one second. I to how difficult
3: was it to go from corner to safety in the league? Because he played corner at yeah. Notre Dame. Mm. And now he's playing safety. How difficult that is. At a young age, usually you see that, Harry, when they're already done. Yep.
2: You know, they've been 10 years at corner then they move to safety. Yeah, but why wait? If you, get, if, if you have a little extra for the safety position, oh, do it while no, you got I, the juice. No,
4: I, I understand it. I just would, wanted to know how difficult it would have been. Another guy, Dory Jackson. So I played with him in Tennessee. You know, he played offensive snaps for us in Tennessee as well. But he mm-hmm. did that as SC. He, yes, what I'm saying he was a dynamic guy, returner fast, did some offensive stuff, played corner. We drafted him in the first round. Yeah, but do you know who coached him? No. Oh, you coached him? <laughs> he played on my seven 17. He, cr- on seventeen. Everyone played on your
2: seven on 17 no, like Not, you not was, the whole world can like play how, on one seven on seventeen. Seven.
3: Anybody put it this way. But they're Anybody, people before
4: it was legal. Any, well, shh. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Brown, oh, he bro. played on my seven <laughs> on seven. Say, eight we, eight eight. Had, eight. You know, we gotta you investigate too, Jim. <laughs> you know But you know I ain't lying.
3: You know who brought him from St. Louis to LA. We did, because he was from St. Louis. We brought him, because of family members, we brought him to L.A. and he went to high school out there and everything, and yeah. <laughs> Good guy. He's like, everybody like, plays. Everybody. But you know the problem is in L.A., the 707 circuit, Right. And if you in L.A. Yeah. at the time, A lot when of, I had yeah. my 707, everybody wanted to play for my team because we traveled the it's world. It's like, you remember the well, six no, degrees one, of. I,
4: I want to play for you because you Keyshawn Johnson, too, though. Yeah, no, but I'm, it was, no, I'm it was just born. saying, though. Yeah, like, exactly. I know I'm going to get the exposure that, the attraction. Th- that I need.
3: Man, I had yeah. DeAnthony Thomas, Shaq Thompson. You know, Shaq Thompson plays course, in Carolina. Of course, yeah. Josh Rosen, uh, Bryce Triggs. I can, my nephew, Michael Thomas. I can go with Darnay Holmes. Have you ever heard, heard of six
2: degrees of separation? They right. always have. Like, so, I like that so, dude. so that's there, was, there was a dude, game. There was a game. People came up with called six, Michael Pittman six degrees Junior. of Kevin Bacon because he was an actor who played in a lot of ensemble casts. You could connect any actors through Kevin Bacon. That's like key. It's the six degrees of Kevin Bacon or separation or whatever. Everyone <laughs> who ever played keys on uh, somehow attached <laughs> to a seven on seven team.
4: If you're from LA, you're gonna be. On my 7-on-7 seven seven team? Just, I just think it's smart, though. Like, well, why wouldn't I want to go with somebody who's Johnny Unitas. He
2: was on my 7-on-7 seven seven team.
3: My, Back Michael, when Key was playing with you and Johnny. <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr. Look at this. Michael
2: Pittman Jr. He got some people in the NBA <laughs> playing on his 7-on-7 <laughs> <seven laughs> team. John Wall, no. jo- George Gervin, The Man. Oh, he was playing on my 7 on, Key, the years I don't, know, don't I, even match I, I, up. I think, I, think, I
4: think it's dope, though, Key. And, and, and you did a great thing, man, invested into those kids. And no, that's a good time. A, no, it, was, it was fun well, too. That's though. what I'm saying. Like you had fun doing it and investing in them and they they stress. understood where to go to, to get the exposure that they needed. Mm-hmm. Coaching get the and getting seven, coached
3: up. Coaching no. on 707 seven and putting that team together and cutting do man, our fir- very first tryout, we had six hundred kids for twenty two spots tryout. Now, I'm like college coaches and pros I already know who's gonna make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I need to take a look at a couple <laughs> other dudes, but I already knew who was gonna make it. I'm like, How did you, you know. cut
2: them? Do you have the whole speech? No, down I path? had a
3: whole. We had, so I had a little staff, a staff of about ten people, ex NFL guys, Chris Claymore, Brian Kelly, and company. Antonio Pierce. See, see yeah. what I mean? And He's connecting just, the whole university we, of we all had, sports. We had it right, man. We was beating the brakes off people too. We ran into Teddy Bridgewater. In Shay's ear. Hey,
4: what Teddy? What Teddy did? I need to score that touchdown. Ran
3: a dig on DeAnthony and said, "Turn up the speed, baby."
2: He got it's different
3: down south. He got dudes in different sports. They was good.
2: I mean, it's like Fernando Valenzuela was on my seven. <laughs> What's going on, Marvin Hagler? Who? Max, Come man. on, man! Everybody's on a seven coaching staff. The uh, whole thing. Look, man. Ronald he, Reagan was on we, my. seven what? He's not even an athlete. Well, He's not, he not the fast squad enough. Squad
4: though, man. Ronald Reagan not fast <laughs> enough. He's we squad. had the squad.
3: We had the squad. Sounds That's all like I can it. tell you. We bombs away. That's <laughs> what we was doing. As, as, you it, it you would be like right, though. And, you know, you're getting coached nice. up. That's what I'm saying.
4: In 7-on-7, the skill position With, players. Which, which is the most important thing, though, man, that these kids are getting coached up the proper way because there's so many people out here not teaching the right way, Key.
3: Yeah, no, we coached them up. We right. they, they 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 knew when I was coming. They used to be like, man, here come coach Key. Because they <laughs> already knew <laughs> yep. we would work the you-know-what out of them. And that's just, It was fun.
2: Who's the biggest coaching influence on your coaching style? Parcells? I would say
3: – Yeah, Bill and and Coach Robinson, John. I thought thought you'd say Cotite,
2: not Rich Cotite. Stop.
3: (laughs) All all my coaches, though, you take a little bit of something from them. Right. And you use a little bit of everything, you know. uh, I took my nephew out of a game one time because he just wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And everybody assumed he's my nephew. I'm going to give him the leeway. Man, I tore into his ass. And he just, you know, but it worked. Later on, because then he can go play for Urban Meyer, you know, which is a tough coach. Then he can go play for Sean Payton, which is a tough coach, because he was already conditioned in his mind that if I'm getting yelled at and screamed at, I'm going to be okay.
2: Slap box your little I brother, respect, beat the hell that. out of him just yeah. so he can take I care of himself. Yeah, squad. Yeah.
3: We do came down to Louisville K- at Georgia and just whoop. say what? We came down to Georgia and did what? Went just a muck on them. You got your damn mind. No, we actually did. We beat some team in Georgia. and We played them in Alabama. Some team, some team. Yeah, I don't know who 7 on it was, but we fried ice cream. Just tell me.
2: Keyshawn J. Will Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance, <laughs> used to be. Mm. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. <laughs> was the right. ball where it was supposed to be, Key? It looked right. If you it, ran your rat with Josh it, Rosen, get you the ball in right hi, where you're supposed to be. Yeah. When he
3: was a sophomore? It looked right. He wasn't you knew. running all
2: around? And, no, you
3: knew, okay. you knew exactly how, who was going to the cold. How things have changed. <laughs> For protection on the road and on
2: the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Two of the best college basketball head coaches will join us to discuss NIL and how conference realignment has changed the landscape of college athletics. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you
1: are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: It's big time here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning. (laughs) On ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, we got two big-time coaches with us. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Bob Huggins, West Virginia head coach, and Scott Drew Baylor head coach with us this morning. Coaches, thank you very much for joining us.
7: Thanks for having us. Breakfast oh, yeah. was great, wasn't it, Coach
8: well, Huggins? it's always a pleasure to be with you, too. Oh, well, you Always a pleasure. Look at the difference in the demeanor, the different coaching <laughs> styles.
2: Like, you do a split screen with these two. <laughs> Scott Drew smiling ear to ear and Bob Huggins deadpan. I mean, he's
8: serious about it. Yes. He's already in
2: coaching mode. That's right. I
8: already got a lecture in there about don't screw things up. So. <laughs> we,
2: we're going to have to play some defense today. Bob Huggins is in the house. There's no doubt about that. So coach Scott Drew knows what I'm talking about. All right. Um, guys, Coach, how has how the dynamic of the transfer portal changed the approach to the offseason, Coach?
7: Well, I think uh, um, both of us have had to adjust with uh, all kinds of different things as the game evolves, changes. With the transfer portal for us, it means that you have a lot more new players, and instead of having two or three uh, new players a year, you might have six or seven. So uh, we've tried to simplify things that we do to make it easier for those coming and and going. And, again, I think – uh, it's one thing I admire about uh, Coach Huggins, a Hall of Famer. Um, learned a lot being in the Big 12 with such great coaches before me. But you got to constantly evolve and adjust to uh, what the game turns to and what the new rules are.
3: Coach Huggins, how has it changed for you, though? Been around for a long time, all the way back to Cincinnati, and things have changed, clearly, with the portal in high school recruiting, even junior college recruiting to a degree. How has that affected you at West Virginia?
8: Well, I thought I would hate it quite frankly, and i and the the portal's been really good for us. We've been able to fill some spots that probably before we wouldn't have been able to fill with experience mm-hmm. and um the guys that that we've had come in have been terrific i mean they they came in and they they want to learn they they want to play and i've been I've been very pleased with what's gone on with the portal
3: coach drew, when you look at not only the portal but this whole n i l deal that's going on right now, i mean mm-hmm. obviously. You know, these things have happened outside of the NIL before now. Now it's mm-hmm. on, you know, it's above water, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, has it, a, has it helped you in any way in terms of recruiting or hurt you in any way in terms of recruiting?
7: I just want to know if you picked up your NIL check from back in the day yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
7: they would have, they, they would didn't have, call it NIL put, back put then,
3: it, coach. way, yeah, <laughs> coach. They would have to sell a university.
7: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's something that uh, you got to constantly evolve, uh, Coach Huggins. And I know we agree. We we want players to have a, a chance to earn money off their name, image, and likeness, and uh, uh, whatever the rules will be, we're going to follow and um, make sure our players get to benefit and take advantage of that mm-hmm.
2: how, how, how does conference realignment affect you know the big 12 as a whole
8: well it just gives us a, a much broader area to, to recruit in I think I mm-hmm. think it opens up recruiting areas for us that prior really weren't available to us um, I mean we're we're used to traveling in the big 12 uh, so th- I don't think that's going to affect any anybody or anything And I think the teams that we're adding are quality teams coming from quality programs.
7: Wait, wait, wait. I got to chime in there. So let's talk Big 12 for a second, all right? So you got back-to-back national championships. It's the first conference to have three different teams play in the national title game. Mm -hmm. 60% of the league has been to the Final Four since 2002. Two Hall of Fame coaches. Last year, our net rating was 33 the next best was 57. Six out of the last nine years, the Big 12 has been the top conference in the country. And you've seen it country. all in
2: Baylor since before you you got there. It was not a winning program.
7: No, we, we've we've gone through the grow, growing pains and uh, uh, going and playing in the best conference in the country. But the Ken Palm analytics show that with the new additions, we'll still have the number one ranked conference. And one thing Coach Huggins <laughs> uh, shared in our conference meetings, he's been to several <laughs> other places. And the Big 12 is by far and away the toughest conference he's been in.
8: I'm really impressed with how hard you studied to remember all that. Yeah, it took an all-nighter. Well, I I, I, I figured it would. You guys could take this act on the road. I mean, it's a perfect
2: juxtaposition of uh, coaching personality. So,
3: Coach Drew, you got a a nice nucleus of backcourt mates with you, right? I mean, your guys can go at the guard position. How excited are you to be able to coach them this season?
7: Well, if you've ever faced Coach Huggins' teams, you better have a lot of guards because uh, they make things real difficult. And guards make coaches look good, so uh, I I need a lot of good guards. And we're blessed to have uh, a lot of depth in the backcourt and a lot of guys that uh, uh, get each other better every day in practice.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, How's that trio, Coach Huggins, of Kedrion – did I say that right, Johnson? Kedrion. Kedrion. Johnson, Emmett Matthews, and Eric Stevenson. Uh, what does what does that bring this year? Do you think?
8: Well, two of the three are hurt. Uh, so, <laughs> <All> right, well, <laughs> so, I, so much for that. Bring, right? Brings a lot of ice. It's <laughs> like
7: oh, well, two or three are hurt.
8: So you know, it, it's a little rough for me to to tell you what it's going to look like because I haven't seen myself what it's going to look like yet. They're they're a little banged up, but uh, Emmett was with us for three years and then transferred out to Washington and then decided he wanted to come back. So we know what we're going to get from him. Uh, Eric's been great in practice, you know, he's, uh, but he's banged up and he's, he's struggling a little bit. We've got two other guys or three other guys standing on the sideline with boots on their feet. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a little different, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, the NIL thing, what I like about it is nobody has to borrow my car anymore. They all have their own. <laughs> okay. Players' parking lot. suddenly it looks, it looks
2: much different
3: and no one's doing anything it, wrong. Actually, actually, it probably looks better than the <laughs> coaches' parking lot, so to speak. Bob Huggins, West Virginia head coach, and Scott Drew, Baylor head coach joining us this morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, of course. Coach Drew, who, when you look at the schedule, and everybody's a great mm-hmm. opponent no matter yeah. who it is, but – the one or two teams that you're looking forward
7: to outside of your conference that you're going to face. Well, in in our non-conference schedule, uh, our game versus Gonzaga sold out in six minutes. So uh, I know Mount Rushmore is a beautiful uh, place to visit in winter, but uh, (laughs) obviously it's sold out because that's a a really quality game. And uh, uh, I know that will be a great test for us. And then we have a a tournament in Vegas, and uh, you have Virginia, UCLA, Illinois, um that's a, that's a great uh, uh, tournament to find out where we're at. In the SEC challenge, we have Arkansas in the Big East challenge. We have Marquette. Um, we do play Washington State in a semi-Pac-12 challenge. So we always challenge ourselves in the non-conference. I know Coach Huggins does as well. Um, but really what makes the Big 12 uh, um, uh, such a special league is you get to play everybody uh, home and away. So by the end of that, you do have a true champion.
2: Well, thank you both for being here today. Great uh, fun to have you both in studio. Um, big fan of you guys. Bob Huggins, West Virginia head coach, and Scott Drew, Baylor head coach here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max.
7: Hey, if you guys keep having breakfasts like that, we'll come back every day. They put out a spread for him. Apparently, of we're not even aware.
3: They don't give us anything. No, we
2: starved to death. Starved to death. No, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Are the Dodgers and Astros hands down the teams to beat at least in the NL? But first, or Dodgers in the NL? But first, Key has this word from Dr. Pepper. Now, a word from our sponsor. No, oh, wait a minute.
3: <laughs> what? Yeah, we might want to. Uh,
9: Yep,
2: yeah, do it another up, time. <laughs> coming up, he'll tell you this about Dr. Pepper, but you're going to have to wait for it. We'll be Yes,
1: right you're going to have to wait for it. From your radio to your smart speaker and phone.
9: Now playing ESPN Radio.
1: Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.
3: Oh, I hate it, too, because when we used to play them and get waxed, they would get to play it. But anyway. But yeah, man, so the read, behind the scenes, take them behind the scenes a little bit. So I had this read just now for Dr. Pepper. Right. But it had the better Help, health, wellness, that whole deal. Someone copied and pasted the wrong wrong headline. They got people thinking, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, That happens, though. A lot of times. You know,
2: we got a lot going on in four hours. Well, listen, when I first joined the show, I really didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? Like, I'm I'm hosting a national show. You guys were already kind of in the swing of things, and they give me reads and sports centers to read. And I have so many papers before I got it kind of all organized in my head, I would throw one away when I was done. You remember early on, I threw the wrong paper away, and I had a Sports Center read. I had to make it up as I went along. That happens, but but it makes us. We had a whole audience standing in here now, and
3: they looking at me like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, I'm in, like, front well, of, in, in front of Scott Drew and Bob Huggins.
4: Sometimes though, is that the way they they are written. Sometimes it's like some of them are run-on sentences, and you're like, okay, when am I supposed yeah. to stop and then start again? It's no, funny I, though.
3: See, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that at all. I have more of a problem with When it's wrong, like it said, Dr. Pepper, and then I got to read. So you think it in your
4: mind, like you think it, Dr. Pepper in your mind. I'm already tuned
3: for Dr. Pepper. I'm like, this doesn't look like a soda drink to me. (laughs) (laughs) This looks like something totally different. (laughs) And and then I had the star Max looking at me like, "Key." I'm like, "Yeah, we might
2: not want to do this." How about sometimes I'll get a read, and it'll be like I'm just on my screen. I'm throwing to you, Key, at the end of the segment to do a read for I don't know Granger or one of these sponsors. But really, it's Jay who's supposed to be doing it. After, Key has this from. Yeah, because they. (laughs) I'll
3: have it in a minute. Um, it it becomes one of those deals where they send in so much stuff, they got a lot of stuff to do behind the scenes. So they send some things, copy and paste, don't change it, all of that. I got
2: my. I have a. I have a new. uh, And then
3: they give me a font for my read now that looks
2: like it belongs on a phone, but that's okay. I'll figure out how to read it. I have, I have a new system, though, with my papers. It's working out well so far. Oh, now you got – oh, they, they printed out. Key's going to need a magnifying glass to read that. <laughs> the man's 50 years old. You think his eyes are what they were when he was drafted first overall? Will you print that on a bigger font, please?
1: Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are.
2: Keyshawn, Jay, Willie Harry Douglas in for Jay today. Jay is a father for the third time. Congratulations, brother. Is he? (laughs) (laughs) See you in January. We are joined now by Todd Frazier, ESPN baseball analyst, who had, it was, would you call it, it's not more than a cup of coffee because the Yankees brought you in for a postseason run. You're from the area, from Jersey originally, right? Yep. yep. And and I guess you were in Cincinnati at first, right? Since, uh, so I'll give you a rundown. Cincinnati,
10: White Sox, Yankees, Mets, Rangers, Mets. Pirates, but but you but you played the bulk of your prime with Cincinnati, right? Yeah, bulk with Cincinnati, and then then the Mets. After and
2: then that. you were a deadline deal, I guess, with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Did you come straight from Cincinnati to the Yankees? I'm trying to remember no, because I was with the White Sox with the White Sox, it was it was a right? Big
10: deal with David Robertson. That's Combinin right. That's and Tommy right. Tommy Canley, yes.
2: But you was in
4: Cincinnati first. <laughs>
2: Cincinnati first.
10: That
4: yeah. nasty Natty. I went to uh, Louisville, uh, so I, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah Todd Frazier, all Todd.
2: Todd was a multiple time All Star at third base. Absolutely,
10: but that's not the highlight of his career.
2: What's the highlight of his
10: telling Todd?
3: Tell them the highlight of the career, man. Go on, right, tell them. Hey, right,
10: I got my first jersey I ever bought. I'm a big Buccaneer fan. Keyshawn. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh-huh. the highlight
3: of the career. See? I wasn't a bad guy, right. Max. I, you I, just, I still got
2: it. I who'd you grow it. up rooting for in baseball, Todd?
10: I, I grew up uh, a Yankee fan. I was a big Paul O'Neill guy. Um, oh, great. I, I was a more – I, I love players. Like, I, I would say this. I love Manny Ramirez. <laughs> I love watching him. But Paul O'Neill, for some reason, man, whenever he would get angry – Hit those Gatorade jugs and all that kind of stuff. The passion. I you, love know, the you know passion. what's crazy
2: about Paul O'Neill? And some people, when you watch it, Paul O'Neill was on that Cincinnati Reds team. He wasn't even really good yet. In a no. certain way, Eric Davis, Barry Larkin. But when I watched that game, I was like, that dude might be the best player on the team. When he was on the Yankees, Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter. But there was so, like O'Neill, if you watched his career, you say that's a Hall of Famer. He, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame because the numbers don't add up quite. But he played at that level He was, level consi- at he his was best. extremely
3: consistent, though. He was a number three yeah. hitter
2: on championship teams. He
10: w- it, it's like his prowess, the way he stood, the way he went about playing the game, uh, his height. You know, there's, everything comes into play. And he could play, too. I think the thing that kickstarted him was when he kicked that ball home and almost got the guy yeah. out. Remember that? Yeah, in, uh, in Cincinnati. Bet- no, that was in oh, Bedford no. State Yeah, that's right. That's against right.
2: the yeah. Phillies. But... Yeah. Um,
10: yeah, he, he, he could hit the ball to all fields, kind of like a Tony Gwynn, but with a little more power, I would he say. could
2: hit 320, 330 yeah. with power, hit third in the lineup, play a gold glove caliber right yeah. field, the whole thing. So how are you feeling, having grown up a Yankees fan, or an O'Neal fan, about the Yankees and the Guardians after game one?
10: Um Simple. I, I they we always beat the the Indians. It's just the way it goes. I mean, Indians let, and Twins, let, right? Like let, those are- let's call a spade a spade. To be honest, uh, you know, I'm happy about what Garrett Cole did. He came out, he dominated. But the thing that I loved about him most, he didn't throw all his, his fastballs. He he struck out all his guys. Hmm. As seven out of eight batters were on off speed pitches. Um, if it's not working, you know why throw it? So let's let's try something else. And for him, his curveball was working. Um, I, I think that the first inning he threw. Uh, 15 off-speed pitches. That's unheard of for a guy that throws in the upper 90s, and you know what? It's been getting hit at the end of the day. He's been giving up home runs on the fastball, and um, seeing Anthony Rizzo, who's who's been playing lights out, and uh, Aaron Judge. You know, I know he had three strikeouts, but at the end of the day, just get on base. Stole a base. Stole a base. Got to third base, put the pressure on the team. It was a boring game, but guess what? In the playoffs, it doesn't matter. You just got to win, so it doesn't matter. Who's going to step up? And uh, Rizzo and Cole did it. Todd,
3: how much pressure is on the Yankees, though? They had not been in the World Series
2: since yeah. '09, 09, right? They haven't won one since 09. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One since 09. Yeah, got cheated one out one of it the year. Yeah, Todd was on the team in 17. There. They got yeah. cheated out of it. Yeah, they yeah. hadn't yeah. won one yeah.
3: since 09. Yeah. How much
10: pressure is on them? Oh, big time, big time, especially coming into the year. They didn't sign Aaron Judge that long-term contract that everybody loves. There's going to be a big problem if he doesn't come back. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. They have all the pieces. They have all the tools. Um, you know, they get through this series, then it's on to – the Astros, again, most likely. So we'll see at the end of the day. But they have our, they have the Yankees number. Um, are they going to step up and come through this year? We don't know. We'll see what happens.
2: Not the same when you don't know what's coming, by the no, way. Now exactly. we're going to see what – because exactly. in that series in 17, you guys yeah. were beating the brakes off them in Yankee Stadium. Yes. And they were winning on their last at-bat yeah. by one run at home. Considering yeah. they were stealing signs, yeah. it's pretty clear you probably would have beaten them it, it, had they not been cheating.
10: Yeah. I, down, I, Max. Relax. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you, you brought up the Astros, the though. So yeah, I, I it wanna, still pisses them off, you the said.
4: <laughs> How surprised were you that the Astros actually had that comeback that they did against the uh, Seattle Manors yesterday? And for me, though, it's, it's more so the why do you pitch to your Don Alvarez in yeah. that situation? So the
10: thing with the with Seattle right now, they don't have a, a closer. It's closer by committee, they call it. So they're just using guys left and right. Now, Robbie Ray is a starter. Yep. Um, I think Scott Service may be you know, overthinking at the time. You know, Well, listen, hey, we're going to put him in the bullpen. Uh, I don't know if you close him at that time. I know it's lefty on lefty. He's been giving up a lot of home runs, too, as well. But uh, you can second-guess everything in the playoffs. So if he got the job done, then we'll be talking about how good of a manager he is, blah, 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 Hall of Fameness and all that stuff. But um, – it didn't work. And you're facing one of the most dominant power hitters in the league. Do you want to face him or Alex Bringman next? Um, I don't know. That's why, that's why he's managing and I'm not. So it's, it's a tough decision either way.
3: So right now, outside the Dodgers, who do you have
10: winning it all? Yeah, that's funny. He's outside the Dodgers because they are <laughs> unbelievable. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Yankees, man. I'm going to stick with them. I, I think they have, they have a squad to do it. The only reason why I'm a little hesitant is because Dusty Baker. I love the guy who's my first ever manager. He is a player's coach, and he knows how to manage ball clubs. And Houston Astros and them, I, I think I think it will be the Dodgers and and the Yankees coming down to it.
2: it that, to me, that depends on Severino because the bullpen's a mess, right? It was a strength in the first half. It, okay, it's a mess right now. And Cole is pitching like an ace right now. Nestor Cortez has been magic all year. yeah. But Seve has always been like, when he's healthy, he's Cy Young caliber, top five type dude struggled in the playoffs early in his career, started kind of coming around. But then a week ago or so, seven no-hit innings, hitting over 100 on the gun. His start to me is pivotal. What do you see from Seve?
10: Yeah, I, I think from playing him, the first time he had his first ever playoff game, if I'm not mistaken, was against the Astro or against the Twins when I was there in 17. And it was a, it was a playing game. If we lost, we were leaving. So, And he gave up three runs in the first. He, may, he only got point, what did he get? one out. And, you know, Girardi said, see you later. So, now he's stepping up at the right time. He's throwing the right pitches. And I think not only Severino, but Cortez. This is a big test for him, Nasty too. Nasty He's pitching tomorrow, and he's got to, you know, he's got to come I feel like up he's going
2: to be okay. Yeah.
10: Nestor Cortez gives me the feeling like
2: he's going to be okay under yeah. pressure.
10: I understand, but this is his first go about yeah. it. Now it's playoff baseball. The regular season's one thing. You guys all know. You played. Yeah. Regular season's fun. Now you're playing in the boogie down. You're in the Bronx. You know, that one inning where, all right, we gave up two, three runs. What are you going to do after that? And the bullpen, let's not talk about that. That's the biggest key for them. They got these young guys coming in. Let's see what they're going to do. And they're missing a couple pieces.
2: The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Coverage of Phillies and Braves game two starts at four, followed by Padres and Dodgers game two at eight. Thank you, Todd Frazier. Pleasure. Jerry Jones says Dak Prescott will start throwing today and explains what the one thing he needs to see from Dak is. Then Key and Harry Douglas will react to that. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. From
1: your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.